long saga between a team and a city that has had huge implications for both may be back to square one. It's Thursday, March 23rd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Los Angeles Angels owner Artie Moreno is meeting with Anaheim Mayor Ashley Aitken, and while we don't know exactly what they're going to say, we do know that they have plenty to talk about. In December 2019, the Angels and the city of Anaheim struck a deal, and on the surface, it looked like a big win for both sides. The city was going to sell Angel Stadium and the surrounding land, which was and remains mostly parking lot, for $320 million to a company controlled by Moreno. He would then turn much of that parking lot into housing, retail, offices, parks, so the city gets an infusion of cash and a whole new neighborhood. The team gets to own its stadium and profit off its ability to draw fans to the area. And you can find beautiful artist renderings of that endless parking lot transformed into modern buildings with nice paths and tons of green space. The first bump in the road came when a state housing agency said that the deal violated state laws because not enough of the proposed development was going toward affordable housing. But that was nothing a little money couldn't solve. Moreno's company agreed to pay a $96 million settlement, which would help fund affordable housing in other parts of the state. But just as that was getting sorted out, everything else fell apart. Anaheim's mayor at the time, Harry Sidhu, was accused of passing along confidential information to the Angels in the hopes of landing a major campaign donation. He is accused by the FBI of bribery, fraud, obstruction of justice, and witness tampering, all in connection to the Angels' land deal. He has denied all wrongdoing, but also in May he resigned as mayor. The city council voted unanimously to cancel the deal with the Angels, and in August, Artie Moreno said he was selling the team. He has not been implicated in any statements by the FBI, and neither has anyone on the team. But the FBI is not done investigating, and they have told the city council that more indictments are likely. At this point, we were at the opposite end of the circle, but things started to come back to where they started. In January, Moreno said, never mind, I'm not selling the team. He later told Tom Verducci at Sports Illustrated that he had multiple offers above $2.4 billion, which would have been a record, but ultimately just couldn't pull the trigger. As for why he wanted to sell the team in the first place, he said rather cryptically that some things are better left unsaid. So he's keeping the team, Anaheim is a new mayor, and they're both theoretically interested in developing the parking lot into something more exciting. So we've essentially come full circle. A corrupt mayor is gone, and the parking lot is still a parking lot, but like last time, there are reasons to think this might not be smooth sailing. For one, Sidhu got the city to extend the team's lease to 2029 with a series of three-year options that could run it to 2038. That gives the team lots of leverage, because no matter what happens, they have a place to stay. However, that same lease has a clause in it that the Angels are required to maintain a stadium that meets certain standards, and the team has to cover the expense of doing so. The city has hired a firm to evaluate what kinds of repairs and maintenance are needed at Angel Stadium, and those are expected to run into the hundreds of millions. The regal excellence of Japan, the overwhelming talent of the United States. If you watch the World Baseball Classic, you know that it ended on a perfect moment. The dream matchup, Otani, Trout. Ninth inning, tying run at the plate, the best player in the world, Shohei Otani, against arguably the best hitter in the world, Mike Trout. Otani struck him out on a perfectly executed slider, and the game and the World Baseball Classic was over. Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. Those two, of course, became teammates again the moment the WBC ended, because they both play for the Angels. The Angels have had Trout, who is among the best hitters of all time, and still at the height of his powers, for 12 years. They have had Otani, a player unlike anyone who has ever played, for 5 years. 
and they have been mediocre that entire time. They've spent to try and put a good team around those two, but nothing has worked. And they haven't even had a winning season since 2015. It was both wonderful and tragic to watch Trout jumping around like a puppy in the WBC because he was finally playing meaningful baseball. And there was something a little on the nose about the most memorable moment of perhaps either of their careers, coming with neither wearing an Angels jersey, even though that's the only MLB team either has ever played for. Otani is a free agent after the season and will probably sign the biggest contract in U.S. sports history with another team. As the new season starts, the Angels are once again back where they started. Their record is 0-0, they have two generational players, and a roster that you can almost talk yourself into being a playoff team on paper that will probably not actually get there. The nearby Anaheim Ducks are developing the area around their arena with homes, offices, shops, restaurants, and park space. Angel Stadium is still an island in a sea of parking lot. Let's see what else is happening out there. The next round of bids for Manchester United were due yesterday. Cutter Sheikh Jassim and British billionaire Jim Ratcliffe are both expected to increase their bids, but it will take a big increase based on reported figures for either to get in the neighborhood of the Glazer family's asking price of $7.2 billion. We also still don't know if there are other bidders, but there might be. Major League Baseball has struck a deal with Bally's to provide free broadcasts for all 120 minor league teams on Bally's app, according to the New York Post. There will be no blackouts for local games, and Bally's will not allow betting on the games, but will offer a bunch of free games to gamify the watching experience. To clarify, Bally's owns the naming rights to the Diamond Sports Regional Networks, which broadcast 14 MLB teams in their local markets, but they don't actually produce or broadcast those games. The minor league games will be streamed on Bally's app. Diamond, of course, just filed for bankruptcy, and some teams are trying to get out of the rights deals with them, and there's not a lot of time to sort them out because opening day is a week away. And new court filings allege that Brett Favre knew his plan to divert welfare funds in Mississippi to sports facilities at the University of Southern Mississippi was illegal, and he suggested gifting a pickup truck to the head of Mississippi's state welfare program. Yes, that is as bad as it sounds, and you can read more reporting on it from AJ Perez on frontofficesports.com. Up next, I spoke with Charles Altchek, the president of MLS Next Pro, which is a feeder league for Major League Soccer, about how that league, which begins its second season tomorrow, is filling a gap in the U.S. soccer ecosystem and how they'll be working with Apple this year and what the coming World Cup means for soccer in the U.S. We'll have that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight. 2022. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain, it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. All 
All right, I am joined now by the president of MLS Next Pro, Charles Altchek. Welcome, Charles. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you today, Owen. So just to get us started, uh, what is MLS Next Pro? I, I sort of think of it as like a mix between like a minor leagues, a feeder leagues. Uh, it's not like a relegation league. Uh, so yeah, what is this league? Yeah, so I, you know, if, if we want to uh, orient ourselves between what's happening here domestically and abroad, I think it would, the best way to describe it is a combination of the G League and what's happening you know, in Europe with the championship. And MLS Next Pro was a long time coming for us. Last year was our initial season, a great first season in 2022. We crowned our champion, the Columbus Crew 2, you know, in the fall and learned a lot of important lessons. Uh, we uh, made a lot of progress and we couldn't be more excited for uh, the launch of our second season, which is coming up on Friday night here in a few days. So um, so does each team have an affiliation with an MLS team? So uh, we will have 27 teams competing this year. We had 21 teams competing last year. Um, all 27 of those teams are uh, connected to their MLS team. Um, some have the moniker 2 or B. Others have a bespoke brand. And what we're excited about is how this is going to evolve over time. So as an example, um, in Huntsville, uh, we have a new team launching Huntsville uh, City FC that is uh, Nashville Soccer Club's affiliate. And it will be operated, owned and operated by Nashville Soccer Club, which is based in Nashville, obviously, and pl plays at Geodis Park. And the same ownership group and the same management team is launching their new MLS Next Pro team in Huntsville, Alabama, which is almost exactly... 100 miles south of Nashville in a new stadium or a stadium that's being uh, refurbished for soccer by the city of Huntsville. Um, and uh, that team will play in Huntsville, live, those players will live in Huntsville, train in Huntsville. The staff, the majority of the staff is coming from Huntsville. There'll be players that will be scouted from Huntsville, but it's Nashville uh, Soccer Club's MLS Next Pro team. And we'll have more of those type of um, partnerships in the years to come. We have many teams uh, that are currently exploring those types of par partnerships in their call it their spheres of influence. You know whether it's in a city that's uh, connected to the mothership or a little it might be a little farther away. One thing I find kind of interesting about soccer, even in the U.S., where obviously we don't have the same relationship to the sport as much of the rest of the world, but it's often the first sport that kids play in any kind of team context, and and you know that continues up through through high school and, and on, um, and so. Talk to me both about how MLS Next Pro is uh, helping uh, provide a feeder league for Major League Soccer, but also is something of a, you know, fills this gap of from youth soccer to the professional league. We had a gap uh, in years previous um, uh, because we have three, uh, we had two platforms in the past. Major League Soccer at the top, and then we have what's called MLS Next. Uh, but what we didn't have was the connection. Uh, we didn't have the pro, what, we're, what we call the pro player pathway completed between MLS Next and MLS, and that's where MLS Next Pro com comes in. So last year, we launched MLS Next Pro, and, um, and what we're calling our class of 2022, we have at this point have had uh, 34 players who've signed professional contracts uh, their first uh, contract in MLS who played in MLS Next Pro last year. Um, and so that's just the first season. So if you think about it, you know, that's more than one per team. Uh, not all teams have signed a player from MLS Next Pro. Some have signed several, uh, but that's a really good start for us. So 
we'll be tracking the class of 2022 very closely uh, this year and in the years to come to see how they progress, to see how productive they are in Major League Soccer. And I think what it will become and what it already is, is you're going to see the best young talent from uh, from all over the world playing week in and week out, uh, which is an exciting um, prospect for our league, our fans, and fans from around the world. And that's where Apple comes in. Yeah, I guess we might as well jump in right now. So, yeah, of course, Apple signed that that big kind of eye-catching deal with Major League Soccer where they're going to have every game, every every MLS game uh, uh, on their platform. Um, how does MLS Next Pro uh, loop into that? Yeah, I mean, it's um, when you think about um, who you might want to uh, work with, um, partner with uh, uh, now and in the future, what better... Uh, company than Apple, the most innovative, dynamic, iconic technology company in the world. And they're now uh, building their first, you know, sports platform with us uh, side by side, hand in hand. And MLS Next Pro gets to be a big part of that. So we've been watching the last few weekends as the um, MLS product has, you know, gone online and it's been uh, beyond everybody's expectations. You and I were just talking before the interview started about the new uh, red zone type product called or, or, or show called MLS 360, um, which is, uh, you know, more dynamic than I, than anything I've ever seen in, in professional soccer from a content perspective. And now we get to have the majority of our games in MLS next pro regular season games, all of our playoff games, our cup on Apple um, uh, on the Apple platform uh, this season and, uh, and beyond. And so we'll, you know, we'll kick things off this weekend. There's already uh, a bunch of MLS Next Pro content that's been uh, uploaded to the platform. I was just scrolling through it earlier today. And um, it's an exciting uh, time for the sport in this country. And it's certainly an exciting time for MLS Next Pro as we kick off our relationship with uh, Apple on Friday. Yeah, I think that the kind of shoulder programming is pretty key to developing an audience and getting people excited and interested and knowledgeable about about the sport and kind of learning players, learning teams. Uh, you also have a couple of rules that, that I'm interested in. You know, what, your league is, you know, one of those that has a bit more room to experiment. So first, there's one rule that is meant to... Um, reduce the amount of faking injuries, which, you know, soccer is kind of a punchline for that in a lot of the world. Uh, so yeah, how does that work? Yeah, so very simply, uh, the, the rule is officially called the off-field treatment rule. We are very proud of what we've done so far, which is to implement a few new rules. There was one that we implemented um, midway through last season that you touched on, which is going to reduce the number of instances where players are trying to take advantage of the current rules, which allow for a player to effectively stop the game. Um, and the last thing we want is to have players, you know, not, not get the medical treatment that they need. And so the rule uh, uh, basically is designed for those players who need medical treatment to do so, but to do so off the field of play so that the game can continue and not be rushed rush back onto the field. And what we saw was there was less instances of players um, spending time on the field getting treatment that they may not have needed or that it was better for them to get the treatment off the field. And so there, there is great um, data coming out of that. We're going to have a whole new data set in 2023 uh, because the rule will be in place for the entire season. And just to wrap us up here, World Cup is coming to North America in 2026. What kind of growth are you expecting in the soccer ecosystem 
in your league in MLS, you know, in, in even youth soccer, um, up to that day and going forward? Yeah. So um, what I don't think folks realize and is that the World Cup in 2026 will be the uh, the greatest sporting event in that the world has ever seen. It will be the largest attended event in the history of global sports. An expanded World Cup in three countries, the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, uh, games in the biggest stadiums that we have in the biggest cities. Um, it's going to be amazing uh, in so many different ways and so important for all of us who work in professional soccer and in youth soccer and in amateur soccer um, to, to be ready to take advantage of that energy. And what I am finding as I'm traveling the country, meeting with um, uh, ownership groups or cities who want to uh, join MLS Next Pro is that the energy for uh, soccer in this country is at an all-time high. And everybody that I'm speaking to is keenly aware of the opportunity that will be presented by the World Cup coming here in 2026. Um, and what's so, so beautiful about the sport is that it really is one of the only ways to bring uh, folks of all walks of life, all backgrounds, all ethnicities, religions, languages, etc., together in a way that's very hard to do uh, with with most other things. Soccer is the universal language, and so the onus is on all of us in the sport to to be ready for that, to take advantage of that, and and where we can to provide uh, professional soccer soccer to communities. Uh, where it makes sense. And and so a big part of our plan with MLS Next Pro is to grow uh, the league meaningfully over the next number of years and uh, and couldn't be more excited for the launch of our second season uh, on Friday night. Very exciting. Charles Altec, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Owen. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode. Buckle up because the Sweet 16 starts today. Shout out to listener Doug, who had Princeton making it this far in his bracket. Very impressive. Doesn't look like any of you called the Purdue upset, though. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're listening to. It makes a big difference to us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.